Everyone has a story, and more and more people are preserving, celebrating, and sharing their life stories through legacy videos. What are legacy videos, and how can they benefit you and your family? You'll find answers to these questions and more here in the Legacy Video Lounge podcast. Now, here's your host, award-winning legacy video producer and president of Family Legacy Video, Steve Pender. I'm not one for making New Year's resolutions, but when I saw it's been over two years since the last Legacy Video Lounge podcast, I resolved to post at least a few new segments in 2021. And for the first few podcasts this year, I thought it would be fun to turn the tables. And instead of me interviewing someone, I invited a local journalist to grill me. Elena Akoba is one of the first people I met after my move to Tucson way back in the year 2000 as I tried out various business networking groups in town. And we've been friends and colleagues ever since. Elena is a longtime award-winning news reporter and magazine feature writer. In her own writing and editing business, she's interviewed probably thousands of people in order to tell the stories of companies, organizations, and individuals. And now she gets to check me off her bucket list. (laughs) Lucky her. In this segment, we'll talk about just what a legacy video is, the reasons folks create legacy videos, the benefits of hiring a pro, and more. And now, Elena, take it away. Well, thanks, Steve. I'm looking forward to um, helping people understand what legacy videos are all about. And I know you've got tons and years of experience. I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. And I I want to know what the two-sentence description is of legacy videos. Boiling it down to two sentences, I'll do that. But then then I'm going to elaborate a little bit. So I guess your basic two-sentence answer. Think of a legacy video as, uh, as a personal documentary, okay, that features your life stories as told by you or another family storyteller. In essence, a legacy video is a keepsake that makes it possible for you to preserve, celebrate, and share your life experiences with your family now and for generations to come. So that's that's your two-sentence description. <laughs> That's a great summary. I, don't, I can't imagine how you can add any more to that. I'll invite you to join me in kind of an exercise in the imagination. And I think this will give you maybe a little better idea of, uh, of what I'm talking about. So let's start off by imagining that all, the, uh, all this incredible technology that's at our fingertips now, you know, video and audio, didn't just evolve over, say, the last several decades, three or four decades, right? That, in fact, it was here a hundred years ago. So, uh, so here, here it is, the dawn of 2021. Let's pretend that it's 1921. And your, let's say, your great-great-grandmother uh, sits down in front of her brand-new video camcorder... <laughs> And, and records the stories of her life and times, and maybe some of her family history as she, as she knows it. Okay? Mm-hmm. So let's jump ahead 100 years now. Okay, we're back in present day, and uh, maybe you're rummaging through a closet or uh, you know, looking through some boxes that you've inherited and you've never really opened. And uh, you open one, and you find this... DVD and it's labeled 1921. And you figure, what the heck is this? <laughs> so, uh, you know, so you 
hopefully you still have a DVD player and, uh, and, you, and you go into the living room or, or media room, wherever you have your, um, your player and your TV, and you put in the disc, and there, suddenly, to your amazement, is your great-great-grandmother speaking to you from 100 years in your past. So as you listen to your, your great-great-grandmother already, there, there are a couple of things that are going on. You know, you know you're hearing some great uh, family stories, family history that you may have only maybe uh, known in part or very vaguely. But, you know, there's this, uh, there are these occasional flashes of recognition. Uh, you know, every once in a while, a lock of hair falls in front of uh, one of her eyes, and there's a certain motion that seems very familiar uh, the way she brushes that hair away and, and then her laugh, yeah, there's something, there's something very familiar about her laugh. And, and as you listen to her after a little while, it finally dawns on you that, uh, you know, that motion she uses to wipe her hair away. That's the way your mom does it. And, and that laugh, that's, that's your laugh. And, you know, in that moment of recognition, you've made a very powerful connection with, you know, an ancestor from your past who you may only have known up until that point as maybe a faded photograph in an old crumbling uh, family photo album. So we've got that picture, right? Uh-huh. Now let's jump ahead 100 years. So it's 2121. And uh, your great-great-granddaughter is uh, celebrating her sweet 16. And at the end of the day, end of the party, her parents come up to her and they've got one more gift, a little box, nicely wrapped. And, uh, and they say, honey, you know, this is something we've been saving for you. We wanted to make sure you were old enough to appreciate it. So they give it to her and she tears off the wrapping and inside is um, a video stick. <laughs> and, uh, and so they go into the, uh, the multimedia room, fire up the holographic projectors or whatever they're using to watch you know, video a hundred years from now, plug in the stick and there within seconds, you are speaking to her from 100 years in her past. And continuing, you know, that just that wonderful continuum of, of passing along family history, family stories, and, uh, and that personal connection between uh, generations. And so that really, for me, is what, is what legacy videos are all about. So that's the longer version. <laughs> <laughs> wow, uh, that's really impressive, the idea that you can actually see into the past. That, mm -hmm. That's just amazing. But, you know, I'm, I'm not so sure people feel that they have anything to say or they want to pass down some information. So why, in general, do you think that people would want to do these kinds of videos? You know, there, everything we do at Family Legacy Video, first off, is, is custom. So we don't do a, a cookie cutter kind of project where you've got to, you know, we come up with certain generic questions and that sort of thing. Um, everything is designed uh, to meet the clients and the storytellers wants and needs. And so there, there are any number of reasons where, why people do these. I can give you a, a few off the top of my head. You know, we've had uh, clients who are seniors who, uh, you know, just they've reached a point in their life where, uh, yeah, they have children, grandchildren, maybe even great-grandchildren, and, the, and, the, and they want to pass along their life stories and experiences and, and advice. You know, uh, we, I did a project a number of years ago uh, for a couple here in Tucson 
fellow I knew through my Rotary Club. And he and his wife, uh, yeah, they were getting up there in age. It might have been in their late 70s, I guess. And uh, they had both been married multiple times. Uh, but this was their, you know, their last marriage, of course. And, and, uh, and they were uh, celebrating their 25th anniversary, which was for them quite, I mean, it's a milestone anyway, but if, when you've had multiple marriages to be able to reach that is, is something. And so uh, they were having a family reunion coming up that year and they were holding it uh, at one of the local resorts the day after Christmas. And he wanted to have, or they both wanted to have a video that told their life stories. And so we, we produced that for them. And, and it was very nice. They invited me and my wife, Helena, to the event. Uh, you know, it doesn't always happen that we get to see uh, the first reactions, you know, when the, when the video is played at the, you know, quote unquote premiere, you know. But after we ate, they played the video. And afterwards, they, uh, they handed out copies to everyone uh, who was there. So it was really, really quite the nice uh, event. And it meant a lot to them to be able to, to share their life stories with their, you know, with their family and to, to pass those along. So, you know, we have, we have clients like that. Uh, a very common scenario these days are the, the, the adult children who still have their parents or maybe even their grandparents, and they, they want to record their stories so they can pass them along to, you know, their children. Uh, and, uh, and so that happens quite a bit. There was a, uh, I mean, there any number of them, but there was a fellow I worked with out in uh, New, York's, New York uh, City and State who, uh, he had been a, um, a very successful and well-known ophthalmologist, so he was really big in his field. He was retired, but his son wanted to, uh, record his story uh, and uh, so we went out there and and we did that and you know now the the family has has the story of how he you know education played a big role in that and so you know he was able to get across a lot of his feelings regarding education and being prepared for opportunities as they came along that sort of thing um, so that's a very common scenario so the the, the children wanting to record their parents um, but there are other reasons too. Maybe there's a, an immigration story you want to tell, or maybe there's a particular place that really figures in your in your family story, you know, or your story, you know, that that's important, and you want to be able to show that off and talk about the importance. Uh, we were really uh, privileged to work with a client who. Uh, lives in Michigan, and we we produced several videos, legacy videos for for him and his family. Uh, one of them, though, involved going to Italy because he had emigrated from Italy when he was about four years old. This was, you know, not too long after World War II. I think it, I think it was about 1951 or thereabouts when they came over, and uh, and he had been back since, but. You know, he had reached, uh, they've reached a point where now he's got grandkids. And, you know, a lot of them hadn't been over to see, you know, the family uh, home. They were farmers, you know, so uh, he wanted to make sure that, that they really connected with the story of uh, the place and the hardships that uh, they endured. Because it was, it was a really, 
I don't know if I want to say hard scrabble, but it was, it was, you know, they were really doing farm to table, you know, but it was their own table, you know. And, uh, and so he wanted to uh, show off the place and talk about the reasons the family emigrated to this country. So, you know, the, the grandkids who are now, you know, generations removed from that would be able to appreciate it. And, and that was a pretty fascinating experience. We went to, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the old stone farmhouse still survived. Oh, wow. Uh, nobody living there now, but, uh, but you know, we sat him on the steps and did an interview. He walked us through each of the rooms. We could see there was still paint on the walls that his father had put there, you know, with designs and things. Um, and other areas, too, that really figured prominently, the church where his parents were married and, um, you know, the, uh, the, the market town near where their farm was and things like that. So that was... Uh, that was a really great experience and turned into a, a wonderful legacy video keepsake now that, uh, you know. That well, not only a keepsake, it's practically a travel log or a, a yeah. itinerary for when the family wants to try to go back to that sure, place. Sure, sure. Yeah, they were, they were uh, about two hours south of Rome, uh, so it was a mountainous area, gorgeous. Uh, but he said that one of the, one of the things he really found they they went about ten years after they had emigrated they went back for a family wedding, and he said it was the first time that his uh, father uh, truly appreciated the beauty of the area, because uh, up until that time they were they were farming day in and day out they had to walk a mile to get water when they needed water and. And, you know, it was just your head down making, trying to make a living, you know, subsistence kind of farming. And, and he was able to kind of now pick his head up and just appreciate the beauty of the place. And that meant a lot to my client, too. I mean, he got very emotional around that. And so, yeah, and, and, and knowing that, uh, talking about, uh, about how we customized the production, uh, in our discussions beforehand, knowing how important it was to show the area, um, I made sure that we had a, uh, a drone operator. So we hired a drone operator over there, and we, we got wonderful shots, really giving you a bird's-eye view perspective you know, of the various areas, which, uh, which, which really added to the, to the value of the video and, and really showed, showed off the area well. So you, so you could really, uh, Ricky really could understand the beauty that, that, uh, that surrounded, uh, you know, the, his family area there. Uh, so that, that, that's another, uh, reason, um, you know, another one, you know, maybe you were the founder of a multi-generational family business, okay? And so now the time is, you know, it's come where maybe, uh, maybe your, your, your kids have been in the business, but now maybe your grandkids are coming into the business as well, and it's kind of time for you to exit stage left, you know? And maybe you, you, know, you want to tell the story of the business, you know, how you came to found it, what are the, the guiding morals and ethics behind uh, behind your, you know, the way you ran the business and, and what you think is important for the folks now, the family coming up, to know so that they carry those same business values uh, forward. Uh, that's another reason. And, and maybe something along with that, uh, it could be maybe along with the business or maybe you've, you've, you've just built a fortune some, some other way. Maybe you're a philanthropist and you know the time has come when you're going to pass along that family wealth to the younger generation. And you want them to understand 
how you, how you built that wealth, where it came from, so that they understand the value of it and, and use it well. And maybe also there's philanthropy involved and, and you want to give them a, a taste of that and understanding of that so that they kind of follow in your, your philanthropic uh, footsteps you know, going forward. We worked with a, a gentleman out in Hawaii who had, had built a, an extremely successful automotive company. They did automotive um, automation. You know? oh, yeah. And uh, this was in, in Detroit. But he was originally from Hawaii, where he had grown up in a, really poor, you know. And uh, luckily, he joined the army and then got training there, and then went on to to found this electronics company in the very early days of, of automotive electronics, and 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 just really did phenomenally well. So he had reached a point where uh, his he had a son and a daughter. They didn't want to be involved in the company. So he sold it, which left him with this incredible windfall. And he retired back to Hawaii and he wanted to give back to the community. So he, one of the things he did was he kind of enlisted his kids in the, in the full, the, the philanthropy and he, they started a foundation. Uh, and he, the, so those were the things he talked about too, that the importance of that, how we built the business and that sort of thing. So, so that uh, coming generations will understand where all this wealth came from. Oh. A lot of families get into trouble, uh, you know, because you, you've got uh, maybe one generation that starts a business or builds wealth, however they do it. And you've got another generation, maybe their kids that come in and still have that one-to-one that -one connection and get it. But then when you get around to the next generation, that kind of loosens up a little bit. So, uh, so... Uh, and, and then, you know, fortunes can be wasted and lost that way too. So, uh, so those are some of the reasons. There are, you know, there can be a myriad of, of others as well. I, I noticed that a lot of what you're talking about are people who are making decisions to do videos themselves, to pass along. Um, I imagine that there are a lot of people who remember stories uh, from their, that have been passed down from their ancestors, but those, the, the origins, the, the people who originated those stories no longer are around. Mm. Uh, do legacy videos help in any way? You may have just bits and pieces of a family tale, um, you know, but your dearly departed is, is not there to be able to fill in the blanks or tell the story the way, you know, you might have heard it all, all this time. Right. How, how does that work in terms of trying to preserve family history when um, the people who experienced them are, are no longer there. Right, right. That could certainly be done. We've, we've done some projects. Uh, we produced some projects like that, I should say. Um, so, you know, if you can't get those stories firsthand, uh, what you can do uh, very basically is bring together uh, the folks in the family or maybe even friends that have, you know, knowledge of, of, of this person's life story and, and, and can contribute their memories. And so we've done a couple of things like that. Uh, uh, some really interesting things too. They, uh, uh, there was a couple I worked with and we did a, several videos for them. I was a married couple. So we, we did a, uh, produced a legacy video uh, uh, around their lives. Yeah. But, uh, the wife had, um, uh, uh, a great, great, great grandfather who had emigrated f to the U.S. from Scotland, 
in, I want to say, the 1850s. Okay. And she really wanted to tell his life story. It was a story of a, of a guy who, you know, he, again, born poor on a farm, but had a thirst for knowledge um, and, and managed to self-educate. And he had grown up in, in a very, um, very strict Protestant ah. family. But it was also a story of his uh, uh, philosophical kind of awakening and, and religious awakening. And, uh, and of course, then his journey to the U.S. and establishing himself and, and all that. So a very interesting story. So you ask, well, how do we tell this? I mean, there's nobody... There's nobody around. Uh, he's certainly not here anymore. But we did have some really great uh, uh, sources for information. First of all, he wrote uh, and he kept a diary. So we had his diary, okay? And we also, fortunately, near the end of his life, I want to say, somebody in the family acquired one of the early kind of box cameras that actually shot glass negatives yes. mm -hmm. you know? yeah and they had them believe me they hadn't been kept very well i mean somebody had shoved them in a box and, and put them in a garage or something so they gave them to me and i uh i bought a lot of um, archival materials so i could rehouse them properly you know in the right sleeves and the right boxes and then i was able to scan them or at least most of them some of them were at a point where where the uh, the emulsion was peeling off you know but we had enough to work with. There were some really great images, and one, I think, at least one that had this great-great-grandfather in it. So that was pretty wild. So what, the way we set up the, um, uh, the legacy video was that I, I looked at the diary and I, I lifted specific passages, and we divvied the story up into chapters. And I worked with the great-great-great-granddaughter, uh, and. I had her kind of introduce each chapter, okay? So I mean, you think of like the old, uh, you know, somebody on uh, Masterpiece Theater setting up the story, the next chapter of the story, right? The host. And so she would do that. And then what I, what I, what I, uh, what I did with the narration, okay? I wanted it to the, be the effect to be the great, great, great grandfather speaking. So I found a... Um, a voiceover agency in in Glasgow, in Scotland, and uh, hired one of their narrators, and and so by long distance, you know, we I sent them the the copy, the the narration, and listened in as as he did the recording. So he became the great 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 grandfather. So uh, my client, she would set up each chapter, and then we'd go to the narration with music, and then pertinent visuals. And, and so it made a very nice presentation. So, you know, she and her great, great, great grandfather told, told his story. So that was, you know, that's one way you can go about uh, doing it. Something else for this same couple, uh, she had a brother who is, he has since passed, unfortunately, but uh, he had quite a career. He, he had uh, been with the foreign service. He was in uh, China when the Red Chinese came in oh my. and took over. And, and he then went on to become an academic and a very renowned um, economist. And uh, unfortunately, by this time in his life, though, he, he had extreme dementia. He was, had dementia, uh, really short-term memory. 
But what we, what we were able to do, his, his brother-in-law really had uh, this fellow's story down pat. He knew all the, the, the main points. And the thing with the short-term memory is that he, uh, the, uh, the wife's brother, he could tell us some things because he had some memories of things in the past. So we did a brief interview with him just uh, getting what I could get, you know. And, and then I interviewed uh, his son-in-law and, and we were able to, to uh, interview a colleague of his from the academic days and we put them all together. So we were able to kind of set up uh, particular points in his life with the son-in-law and then go to his remembrance. And then we, we got into his college days when he was teaching. We brought in the colleague to kind of set those stories up and things. So, uh, so in this case, we were able to include him a little bit, which was nice. And uh, kind of as, I guess, his grace notes or his periods at the end of a sentence, you know. Yes. And, uh, and so that worked out very well. Uh, so there are any number of ways you, you can do it. Depend, and, and so far we've been successful at that kind of thing as well. Well, I imagine that recollections of people also add that element of what, how their viewpoint affects what the stories are or what they remember. And that kind of adds some richness to what can be considered a family tale and not mm -hmm. just the history of a single person. Sure, absolutely. It adds another dimension. Um, you know, it's always nice to get those, those other perspectives as, as well. Um, one thing that's always fun to do when, when I'm um, hired by, say, a husband and wife and they, they want to tell their stories, quite often uh, we have interviewed them like together, but quite often I prefer to do them separately uh, for a couple of reasons. First off, there's usually a dominant partner. And so I don't want to have the other person sitting there just listening and listening and listening um, and while another person talks a blue streak. <laughs> so quite often we'll, we'll maybe uh, interview the wife one day and the husband the next day. And, and it's nice because that way we talk about their stories before they met and then we can then kind of start joining them together after they met and bounce back and forth. And the nice thing about that, talking about perspectives, is that you, you do get slightly different versions sometimes of certain stories, which, which is fun, you know. You know, it's like that old, that old uh, song, you know, oh, it was the afternoon. No, it was the evening. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, I remember it well, you know. <laughs> and, and, and it's that same kind of thing, you know. So, yeah, I, I, it, it is great to be able to get those other, those other viewpoints as well. That's terrific. Mm -hmm. uh, something that came to mind when you were talking about trying to put things together is a lot of what you do sounds fancy or involved. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people a hundred years from 1921 just say, well, I've got an iPhone. Why can't I just, <laughs> why can't I just record my family that way and, yeah. and have that for posterity? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that kind of goes, that goes to the question of why in the world should I hire you when I've got, <laughs> when I've got an iPhone, right? <laughs> yes. And we've been, we've been dealing with that. I've, or folks, uh, you know, before uh, launching myself into the legacy video business, I did a lot of corporate video back east. And uh, I'm going to date myself, but you know, back in, say, like the mid-1980s, that's when the first consumer camcorders started coming onto the market. And that's when we first started getting in, into all this. Well, gee, I, I, you know, I was able to tape my, you know, my, my nephew's uh, wedding or bar mitzvah, so why do I need you guys? 
If you're listening and you're a, you know, a talented uh, amateur and you, know, you don't want to spend the money or you can't spend the money on hiring a professional, an iPhone is better than nothing, okay? Okay. <laughs> you know, the important thing is to get the interview. But, but there are benefits that come with, with hiring a professional legacy video producer, like Family Legacy Video. And I'll, I'll reel off a few of them, not in any particular order of importance. But first of all, organization. You know, in order for a legacy video project to proceed smoothly, you need to be organized from start to finish. A professional legacy video producer can be like me. I, make, I, can bring, I bring years of organizational experience to the table. Uh, you know, I know how to, how to properly begin and proceed from what we call pre-production, which is all the planning you do for the uh, say for the interviews and the other shooting, uh, video recording that you do. And, uh, and then once you've got that, proceeding from that stage to the next stage. So, you know, you go from pre-production and there are myriad steps in between and then production, which is the acquiring of all those assets I mentioned. And then there's the post-production where, you know, you can just kind of say editing. That's where the magic happens and we bring everything together and, and, and create that, that final product. Well, I, I learned... One of, the, one of the lessons I learned in my very early days, I, I did a lot of editing for a, a public relations agency back in New, in New York, and then they moved to New Jersey. And the, we, we had a cameraman, I'm not going to mention the name, <laughs> who just wasn't really all that good. He wasn't good at getting us all the visuals we needed. And so inevitably, you'd be editing, uh, I'd be editing a piece and suddenly, oh, I need a particular kind of shot, uh, an image of something, but we don't have it. So everything grinds to a stop mm. and, you know, you've got to either make it, you know, somehow or find it in, in your stock footage or whatever. And then after an hour or two or three hours of trying to get this thing, then you come back and you can proceed. So I learned early on that that's not the way you want to work. <laughs> <laughs> um, not only does it make you want to pull your hair out, but it wastes a lot of time. And of course, time is also money and yada yada so it really helps to have an experienced person who knows what the various steps should be and what you need to have before you proceed from one step to the next so that uh, that organization is very important and i always treat my clients as quote unquote the executive producers you know i i consult with them every step of the way if i have uh, if I have questions or I want to float an idea or something like that, that I, and I really feel I need their, their input, I, I do that. And, and, and I'm able to, at the outset, talk to them about how the project should proceed and how we should develop it depending on their wants and needs and their, their budget. Creativity. It's important to record these interviews, uh, these recollections, but uh, you want to present them in, in such a way that family members will want actually want to sit down and watch them you know <laughs> and hopefully watch them again and and again uh, so uh, a professional legacy video producer is going to be well versed in visual storytelling techniques i consider myself a very experienced and accomplished uh, visual storyteller mm -hmm. you know i'll i'll probably be able to think of of ways we can treat a story that 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 someone who has never done this before wouldn't wouldn't think of and offer them ideas and offer them offer them options. Well, I would imagine that also kind of goes into the the technical um, abilities as well because mm -hmm. because phone film phone 
you know, images are not usually the greatest because they're spur of the moment and people are really not that, that skilled at taking the kinds of video that you do. Right, exactly. You know, and that comes into, um, you know, a, another point. Um, oh, by the way, before I leave creativity, and then I'll address that. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think it's also important in terms of, uh, you know, that creative aspect is that I can offer creative options. So I can say, well, we can do this and this, but it's going to cost this. Or if you, you know, if you can only afford this minus X, you know, if it's a budget level lower, we can do this. Or, or if you can afford to spend more, well, we can do that. We can bring in a drone or we can do, you know, so I'm flexible that way. And so I can give you the greatest amount of creativity for whatever your budget happens to be. Mm -hmm. Okay. One of the things we do, I think it's important also, um, before you decide on a legacy video producer, is see what they've done. Mm -hmm. so, uh, so if somebody's got a website, which they should have these days, uh, they should have samples. And, and you can see the, the kind of quality and the kind of creativity they bring to their projects. And of course, the Family Legacy Video website, familylegacyvideo.com, has, has a range of samples on there. So that's the creative aspect. Now, to, to address what you, you talked about in terms of, uh, I guess you'd say, production quality. Mm -hmm. One of my primary goals, in addition to getting these stories recorded, is to present the, uh, the storytellers in the most flattering light possible. That means making them look and sound their very best on camera. So that means using professional lighting and people who know how to light professionally. I mean, I can do it, but that's not my strong point. So I make sure I bring in somebody who really knows how to, how to light well. We also can bring in makeup. We use makeup artists uh, quite often. And, uh, and so that, and that's not to give anybody a really heavily made up look. It's to, you know, the camera sees things differently than our eyes do. So you just want someone to ap uh, appear fresh and natural on camera. So that's what the, the makeup is all about. Makeup actually is a fun part of the, the process, but also, you know, talking about the iPhone, yeah, you can, you can set up a nice shot on an iPhone, but it really makes a difference when you can bring in high-end uh, professional cameras and, uh, and also, of course, top-notch professional microphones. You, you want that nice uh, presence in, in the sound. And, of course, bringing in a crew that knows how to, how to operate all those things. Uh, I do not operate as a one-man band, so usually when we're in the field, I'll have a crew that ranges from, including myself, from three to five people thereabouts. You oh, know. wow. Yeah. And the reason for that is I, I play to my strengths. I, I'm great at organizing a project, uh, the creative aspect, all those other things, uh, and, and preparing for and conducting the, the interviews and directing the shoots. But I, I, I believe in bringing in other folks that know what they're doing. So uh, a camera person or persons who uh, are well-versed in their operating their cameras and can light a sound person, he or she, they're my ears during the course of an interview. So if something happens, there's a, a dog barking outside oh. or a plane overhead or whatever, and it's, whatever happens is an interfering with the, the sound, they'll let me know. And we can pick up and go again whenever whatever's going on stops going on. And I, I mentioned makeup and, and, and that sort of thing. And they're great people. I only work with, you know, quote unquote, people, people. So uh, everyone is very friendly. 
they go about their business. I can, uh, you know, I can come in and, uh, at the beginning of a shoot. We kind of decide what furniture we need to move, how we're going to set it up. And then I just, I can, I'm, I'm, I've reached the point where I can let them go and kind of do their thing and get set up and get ready while I then work with the storyteller and, 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 and get them prepped. So that production experience is very, very important uh, in terms of the look and feel and also for, uh, for creating a, a, the feeling of a safe space, you know, so that, so that the, uh, the storyteller is comfortable Following that, I guess a couple of more things I could mention. Editing experience. Uh, I'm, I'm an experienced editor. And that final edit, as I mentioned earlier, is where the magic happens. That's where you really bring all those elements, all those assets, the interviews, the photos, films, etc., 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 that really help bring the, uh, a person's stories to life and, uh, and, and help create a, a program that you know, really exceeds somebody's expectations. And so if you're not an editor, get a good one <laughs> because yeah, they can make all the difference. Uh, luckily, I've got that background and, and I do a lot of the editing on our, our projects. Uh, maybe the final one I'll mention is time management. Oh, yes. You know, uh, because when you hire Family Legacy Video to produce your legacy video, we're working on it, you know, from start to finish. You can, uh, you know, there, there are certain times when you need to be involved, but other than that, we're doing our thing. As an example, you need your, your house painted, okay? And you plan to do it yourself, but you've also got a full-time job or, or whatever. So when do you do it? Maybe you, you try to uh, put some, a few hours together over a weekend to do a little bit here, a little bit there. And, and maybe the you know the project gets done eventually, as opposed to hiring a painter to come in and it's done in two days. You know, so so that's the general idea. You know, we we're still in the midst of our our wonderful pandemic, and and you know I myself have had a, had a couple of projects that I've been putting off for decades. <laughs> you know, one of them involved collecting a whole lot of uh, my photos and other ephemera and memorabilia over the years, and you know just getting them together and identifying things. And that's a daunting prospect because it takes a lot of time. Well, now suddenly things slowed down. And so I was able to do that. And then I also had a video that I shot when we moved, when my wife and I moved from New Jersey to Tucson. Ah, yes. I made a nuisance of myself with my camcorder because I wanted to document and we drove, you know. Ah. And I finally sat down and I put that together. Yes. 20 years later. <laughs> 20 years. You know? So I think that time management aspect is important. You know, you can, you can hire us and then we get the project done in three or four months or whatever it is, and, as opposed to maybe years. Yeah. You know, unlike a person that wants to do this with their iPhone, you, you have to pay for the service like any professional service. But, but in the end, I think, I think the value that a, uh, a professional can bring to your project is you know, well worth the price. Sounds like a good way to convince people to take those um, iPhone footage out of their phone and get them somewhere where it makes meaningful sense to. Yeah, yeah, a lot and of you know, and 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 actually, when you mention that, I mean, if you've already shot some things with your iPhone, there's always ways that that we can take that footage possibly and incorporate it into something else we're doing. Okay, that's it for now. Elena and I continue our discussion in the next segment of the Legacy Video Lounge. If you have questions or comments, please email them to info at familylegacyvideo.com. That's info, I-N-F-O, at familylegacyvideo.com. 
And feel free to check out Family Legacy Video's website at familylegacyvideo.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us in the Legacy Video Lounge. If you'd like to learn more about Family Legacy Video, feel free to stop by our website at familylegacyvideo.com. And remember, every family and everyone has a story. What's yours? Thank you.